Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right, you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at photography. Photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your hangover. Dustin. Steven. So, how is the big sports ball nut neighbor who just moved in? How's, how's that going for you? Have you got a good look at his six flat screens yet? Absolutely. Uh, well, considering his house literally just got walls. Oh, I think wow. he's uh, ready for the he flat He got the screen. walls up and immediately just flat screened over the... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. His wife was that. like, we, we are going to hang a wedding photo here. And he's like, that's flat screen number six, sweetheart. I'm going to watch a football. I'm a football boy. Did he tell you that when you met with him? I'm a football boy? And I said, man, I can't wait for you to meet the great Stephen Van Elk. A great Indiana man. A great fantasy football. A legend in the world of fantasy football. I got to tell you, while we are recording this, um, my team, Aston Villa, is in the running to get back into the English Premier League. That's right. They got knocked down to the first league mm-hmm, and they, they mm-hmm. got a chance to make it back. And no by the time this episode airs, we will know if they made it back into, you know, the premier, the most premier of all the football leagues or not. You know, they've uh, they yeah. had they had mm-hmm. a chance last year and they, they blew it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yep. they really blew it when they when they got when they got yep. right relegated down to the first league but you know when when people start using words like relegated in sports steve no one cares anymore you know i'm just i'm, I'm hoping for a promotion for them that's all mm-hmm. you know yeah dustin steve what are you drinking tonight buddy i see i see you got a beer over there i'm just drinking a good old summer shandy we had a one of our very few uh over 65 degree weather days today so Thought it called for a little taste of summer, if you know what I mean. You didn't break out a Keystone? No, but I think I will buy some. Mm-hmm. How about you? What are you? Uh, what are you drinking this evening? Not talk about what I am drinking. Let's talk about what I'm about to drink. <laughs> okay. As you silently drink an empty bottle. Here goes that Negro Modelo. Mmm, Dustin. Oh, I haven't oh, had that's one of those in forever. Now that that's out of the way, moving on. I'm moving up, moving onward, moving upward. The Dustin McKibben story, mm-hmm. straight mm-hmm. to a Scarlet Lane Dorian Stout. Mm, it's that sweet coffee bean juice mixed with my beer juice, my bar, my barley juice, my ho- my hop juice. Yeah, mixed with my hop juice. Mm. So what's uh what's your like go to supply house in the indie area to get Scarlet Lane? Literally Meyer. Really? Yeah, none of the liquor stores around me carry Scarlet Lane anymore, but Meyer does. Weird. Meyer is a grocery store for those of you out there who do not live in the Indiana area. Meyer is like a regional Walmart. Mm-hmm. But a people like above. it more. Yeah, people above. like it more than Walmart. They have better produce at Meyer. It's it's got that good produce. Step above Walmart, but a step below Target. Yeah, but there's not a Target close to us. Plus, Target groceries are so much more expensive than Meyer groceries, let's be honest. Mm, I wouldn't know because we don't have Target grocery stores. <laughs> I like to live in that in-between zone, you know, in-between Walmart, you know, just, just a little bit more expensive than that, but a little bit less expensive than like a Kroger or a Target. So this weekend, uh, we shot our first photo wedding of the year, and uh, I was getting all amped up for this. I was getting all excited. And then I remembered the bride wasn't going to let me post anything on social media due to her job. And I was, I was really sad, Stephen. Really, really sad about this. What is the bride's job? She's a... Uh, Exotic dancer. That wow. That is her night job. But her day job is a uh, therapist for really, um, really, I don't know the word I'm looking for, crazy people. But that seems harsh. Not like crazy, but like really unstable, unstable people. Speaking of crazy people, Jen is currently in New York City at the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend live show. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend live show? I don't know what that is. It's a it's a TV show that Jen and I love, and we wanted to go together, but, you know, 
it's really hard to go when you got kids who got to go to school. So Jen went without me, but with a friend from the area. What is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a comedy that is on television, and it is about a woman who moves across the country to try to marry her camp sweetheart from when she was in like junior high or high school or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's she's like crazy in the show, like just does the most crazy stuff to try to like break him up from his girlfriend and get him to date her and stuff. And then they they sing like songs about like it's like a musical. So they sing songs about stuff as it goes on. And it's very, what? very funny. It's one of the what funniest shows like out the there. Disney Channel. What is this on? Mm, I feel like it was on CW. Never feel like it. it was on CW. I only heard about it because the the people who wrote it um, were on Script Notes, another great podcast. And the like, the two writers, the two women who wrote it together. One of them is like the star of the show. Uh, she plays the main character, and they talked about like the process of writing it and everything like that. And it made me really interested in it. So I convinced Jen to watch it with me because I was still kind of like. Mm. I, mean, I hate to say this about myself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, Ugh, CW. I only go there when I want to watch Arrow or Flash. You know, really just Flash. Really just. Let's be honest. Just the Flash. Just really the first two seasons of Arrow and the first season of Flash, and I haven't watched anything since. Is that bad? Am I a bad person? No, because it didn't get any better. But it's oh, dude, like you're so far down that rabbit hole of Arrow. Oh, magnificent ending to that season. One of the best like season ending episodes of all time in television. You're going to have to cut all this out. <laughs> mm, so good. Why would I cut this out? Back to wedding photography. So we got some follow up this week. Trademark John Syracuse. <laughs> Follow-up comes from Phantom producer Louie Novak. Louie Novak. Louie writes in to let us know the APR on the Beipu credit card. For B&H. Yeah. Yeah. For their poo-poo credit card. It's... H, yeah. as we call it. The, uh, the APR is 29.99%, something we did not mention when we were recording. Which, uh, 29.99%... Is is almost twice the average APR of uh, most credit cards here in the U.S. <laughs> so it's a terrible right. credit card. You should definitely they have to be able to give you that seven percent back somehow. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. No. A lot of people are gonna sign up for this and just get torn to shreds by all of the debt they accrue and the interest on it. <sighs> I feel bad for the people who sign up for this one. I mean, I guess if you're like a real gearhead who pays off their credit card every single month, not a big deal, but because I think a lot of people are going to sign up for it, not realizing that the APR is 29.99%. They're going to make some purchases thinking, oh, I'll just pay it off as I go and get in way over their head. And suddenly they're paying twice as much for the gear they bought because it took them so long to pay it off. Mm -hmm. Sounds about right. It's kind of like student loans. (laughs) Or a mortgage. Yay! Yay. You just built a house. How's that mortgage coming along? Oh, we paid this house off, bud. Uh, well, you, the house is paid off. In my the, heart. The million dollar home you built. I'm it's guessing. Paid off in, in my heart. Million dollar home because literally Dustin's entire basement is just flat screen TVs. Ceiling to wall to wall. And floors. Don't forget the floors. <laughs> to the window to the wall. To the sweat drops down these balls. But Steven will never know this for sure because he has never yet to step foot in my house. Well, I don't like to go to Fort Wayne. So that said, let's move on. Moving on to other Indiana-related topics. Uh, Steven uh, received a phone call this morning from my good old tax accountant mm-hmm. who informed me, or I should say asked me, whether or not I had been paying Indiana personal property taxes for my business. Had you not been paying that? First, Stephen, I thought he was asking me if I was paying property taxes, which I was like, of course I'm paying property taxes. I'm not a criminal. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he asked me if I was paying 
he said was like, no, 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 not property taxes. Are you paying personal, personal property taxes? And I said, I think it, it's included in our mortgage for our our property. I don't know what you're. No, 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 no. Not. This has nothing to do with real estate, Dustin. Damn it! Stop. This has to do with small business owners who have property in their small business. Mm-hmm. If they own more than twenty five thousand dollars worth of property, Indiana wants a piece of that pie. Mm-hmm. And they want to tax you on said property. And I thought he was joking. I thought this was one of those, like, you got me. No. Surely this is not, this is not, not a real thing. This and is I did definitely a, little research. a real thing. And this is very much a real thing. Yeah. And if you haven't been paying that, you could get in big trouble and have to pay a lot of money. Well, he uh, does my deductions each year. And I guess finally I went over in the last year that $25,000 threshold, which is why he asked me. Mm. And and I was like, God damn it. This is like crazy. The fact that we pay sales tax on the items we buy for our business. And now we are paying personal property tax on the items we have to have to run our business. And then we are paying income tax to the state of Indiana because we live here. Yeah. And we work here. It's like you say, they say, uh, you got to spend money to make money. You know what I'm saying? And then when you spend it, you have to get taxed on it again and then again. You got to, you got to spend money and get taxed on spending that money and then make money and get taxed on making that money too. Yeah. And then, uh, in a perfect world, you'd get taxed on this tax as well. It's just, I, I wish you could have been there for my conversation with him because, I could tell that he did not realize what he was walking into with me because I was like, this has to be a joke, Dan. Like, this can't be a real thing. And I'm like, I'm just a photographer, Dan. Like, I'm not some sort of multi-millionaire running some sort of hedge fund out of my basement. Wink, wink. Um, (laughs) Behind the wall of flat screen TVs, you you have a bunch of servers that are just... uh, trading stocks all day long is that what cryptocurrency you're to cryptocurrency yeah. but yeah um but yeah what was what was depressing though is when he sends me the uh item in inventory list i have on file with them based on what i am depreciating on my write-offs each year through my taxes and he sends me that list i'm like dan there's no way i have twenty five thousand dollars or more worth of stuff and then he sends me this list and i'm like holy shit i have a lot of stuff Mm-hmm. Time to start selling that stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, you time get back to sell. Well, some of it, some of it was stuff that like I still own, but it's not like I use it anymore. Like he had like every laptop I've ever owned on there. Yeah, you know every desktop computer I've ever owned. And you're like, Dan, Dan, damn my man. Those have depreciated significantly since I bought them ten years ago. A ten year old laptop is basically a paperweight now, Dan. I was like, Dan, I let my daughter, my three-year-old daughter, play with that MacBook Pro. <laughs> That's how worthless it is. Just utter trash. So, anyways, Stephen, to my point, I guess I am naive because it sounds to me that you knew about this. Because I've talked to three other photographers today because I felt this profit moment where I needed to spread the word to people and warn them of this thing. This plague of attacks, if you will. And they were all in... They did not know that this existed. And here I am talking to the great Indiana man, Steve Van Elk, uh, tax wizard, apparently. And he he knew. He knew and did not share this information with me. I assumed you knew. You guys don't own $25,000 worth of gear, do you? Do we? Do we? Are you Are from you? the IRS? <laughs> Are you from the IRS? <laughs> Is this a trap? Legally, if you're from the IRS, you have to tell me if you're from the IRS. Not if I cross my fingers. <laughs> I, I can't answer that question, Dustin. To answer that question, I would have to know how much equipment we own and what the value of it is. Touche. Touche. I would say in our camera bag, we take the most weddings with us. We have more than $25,000 of equipment. Let's be honest, Dustin. Like you don't? I guess I guess I've seen the lenses you own. I know, I know. 
it's just one of those things you don't really ever stop and add it up. Cause I mean like four camera bodies alone, depending on what camera bodies you shoot with, that could be $20,000 right there. Mm-hmm. And I typically carry three or four camera bodies with me to every wedding. Mm-hmm. Then the Sony's as well. That's yeah. That's not even including video. Yep. Yeah. You're, but you you're... don't have dedicated video cameras, do you? Do I? <laughs> do I? <laughs> I don't know, man. Because what are you? What are you up to now? How many five D Mark IVs are you guys up to? You know, 5D Mark IVs, they're so cheap now. Everybody's trying to offload them when they switch to Sony. You just pick them up off the ground. Do you like have popcorn. four of them? They're, they basically, they're, they're basically free cameras now. Um, I, w- I, would, I would encourage I anybody listening to them. this podcast right now, if you're thinking about you know getting a new camera, just get a 5D Mark IV. Uh, you go to your local camera store, and there'll probably just be like a trash bin next to the door where people are just dropping their worthless 5D Mark IVs. Just grab like three or four of those out and, you know, make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, that Canon glass will always be good until you, you get a Canon EOS R. Yeah. Then it's worthless, basically. Because you, you didn't buy the mirrorless Canon, right? Because it's a single card slot, and that's just not the Van Elk way. Uh, that's not a professional who takes their job seriously way. Same uh, <coughs> word. <coughs> Sorry, I had a little cough. I didn't, my button didn't work on the board there. Yeah, no, no. Um, I heard you cough. That was really weird, dude. You should get that checked out. Thanks. It kind of sounded like you said huge nerd. <laughs> Oh, anyway, so that's my little rant on taxes. Mm. Um, Doesn't ironic- do you do you want to talk about your new your new job you have, which could significantly impact those Indiana taxes? Uh, ironically, I don't think it will, since uh, this would be a local level job oh, and not man. a. Well, you could sorry. impact the Fort Wayne taxes, right? I, I could certainly try, Stephen. I could certainly try. I will say, um, so for those of you out there who don't know, I will be working on a local election, uh, political election, uh, for our local mayoral campaign. Mm, and, doesn't, um, could you just tell the listeners out there, are you working for a libertarian, a Green Party, a Democrat, a Republican? You know, like if you had to classify which party you're working for, where would you put it? I'm working for the party who offered to pay me the most money. Mm, and that party is? Free market? That's not a, that's not, <laughs> no, that's not a party. Uh, which, which party is that, Dustin? Because I think it'll inform people. I mean, you did switch from making fun of Donald Trump on our show to making fun of Joe Biden two episodes uh, ago. I'm an equal opportunity political uh, comedic advisor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So how many good jokes you got about your new boss who's a Republican? Oh, so many good jokes. I will say that we had our first conference call with the whole team this morning and uh, I realized quickly I know so little about the political spectrum when it comes to running a campaign. I felt like sort of that freshman on the bench and I'm just like watching the game or I should say watching the huddle. And I'm like freshman on the bench who doesn't really give a shit about the team is more of like a hired mercenary who just came (laughs) in and it's just in and it like for the money. Like a transfer student who's yeah. just in there to get a scholarship. Yeah, that, that person Put me who in, coach. really doesn't care about the politics at all involved just wants to get their, their, just wants to get their beak wet. You know what I'm saying? So uh, during our meeting this morning, we were talking a lot about media buys. And they were talking in terms of points. I figured as someone like yourself who went to Ball State for video and media and all of that, maybe you could explain to me and the listeners what the hell that means. No. Okay. (laughs) Um, I used to know back when I had a job where I cut political ads for people. I don't anymore. Because I need to learn what that means because they kept talking in like, how many points do you guys want to use this month for political ad buys? And they'd be like, oh, I want to use like X thousand points or whatever. And I'm like, why can't we just speak in dollars? Like, what is this? 
what is this foreign cryptocurrency you're speaking in? Just speak up to the next one and be like, look, um, I think we should put forth 2,500 V-Bucks onto <laughs> yeah, this. For real. That's what um, it felt like. I'm like, what are you guys like? Ha- is there like a currency exchange that you have to use to buy commercial spots? Like, No, no, no. I think we could get some really great Fortnite skins for, with 2,500 V-Bucks. You don't understand. I need a new tool to mine things with, and I need some new emotes to dance and uh, do other cool stuff. So people know I'm not a default. You know what I'm saying? The only thing I could think is maybe the cost of advertisement space, and this is just purely speculative, the cost of advertisement space on TV fluctuates based on season, time of day, what have you. And so they buy these points, which I think act as like gift certificates towards TV spots, like space, TV space. Mm -hmm. And then they can buy them at discounted rates at like this time of year versus later in the year when... It costs more because they know they can, you know, charge you more because you want more political crap on TV. We've got some news from yep. none other than Phantom producer Louis Novak. That's One twice this episode. Louis chimes in to let us know. He wrote a story today on Vice.com saying that Adobe is telling users they can get sued for using old versions of Photoshop. Why? You are no longer licensed to use the software, is what Adobe told these people. So a license, when when you buy something uh, like software, like Creative Cloud 6, uh, CS6, mm-hmm. or what, Creative Which Suite is- 6, yeah, Which so not the last version before um, I went to Creative Cloud. Yeah, uh, what, you're you're actually buying like a license to use it. That's why you have to get like a serial code thing to enter in, so that you can even access the um, software to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently, Adobe is revoking those codes. Wow, they must are they really hurting that much for money that like. They have to go and find the people who aren't in a financial position to upgrade to Creative Cloud and just be like, sorry, guy who's been freeloading off that state university copy of Photoshop. I'm that photo you took of senior photos. Like, we're going to have to sue you for that. Yeah. And Adobe uh, sent out emails to some of their Creative Cloud users. So if you have CS6, but you weren't like ever on Creative Cloud and using Creative Cloud to get like updates for CS6, but just like continuing to use, you know, CS6 off the grid, so to speak. CS6 off. Sounds like like a YouTube channel. Hey, hey guys, this is CS6 off the grid. Yeah. It's where we do our editing in like basements at my grandma's house and tents in faraway forests. I mean, that's got to be porn, right? <laughs> yeah. All porn is edited in Premiere CS6. Welcome to CS6 Off the Grid After Dark. <laughs> Whoa, can I hear you that? Can I hear your porn music again? <laughs> it's like a chicken going to come out and start dancing around. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That was the least porn music, porn music sounds I've ever heard. I I don't watch porn, Steven, so I just had to kind of assume what it was. You must be a better expert than I am, so why don't you enlighten the audience? I've only ever heard it as bow chicka wow wow. (laughs) That sounded a little too too manly for me. I wanted to take it to female town because I am a feminist. Bow chicka woo woo. Sounded better when I did it. <laughs> did it? Did it? Play the tape back and see what you really think about what you subjected my ears and all of our listeners' ears to just now, Dustin. I can't, Steve, I can't. I don't possess that ability. <laughs> so, Steve, now that Louis called you out for using CS6, um, are you, do you think you're going to upgrade? Or we did not what? get one of these emails. Uh, we still have CS6 just in case any of our clients are still using CS6 so that we can still work with them. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But we 
honestly, right now we currently don't have any clients still on CS6. Uh, all, all of our clients are on Creative Cloud now, so we don't actually use it, and we didn't get what about an email, CS5? What about CS5? Makes, uh, no, CS5. Okay. CS5. Okay. But w- so we didn't get an email, and um. I'm I'm guessing you didn't get an email if you were subscribed to Creative Cloud. I'm guessing you only got the email if you weren't subscribed to so Creative Cloud. So you're okay if you have both. That's what I would guess, but I'm not 100% <laughs> certain. So you're like, I just keep Creative Cloud in the instance that like I want to use it, but I really dig the vintage vibes of CS6. Mm-hmm. Just gives me that color that I really like in my photos. So from the article on Vice, uh, they quote a guy, Gilbert, saying, what's the full name? Dylan Gilbert, uh, saying that... Sounds like a fake even, name. Even if Adobe is fully in the right here with regard to the Dolby dispute, it has the power to force its customers to upgrade to newer, more expensive versions at its whim which illustrates the undue power and influence of EULAs and user license agreements over the lives of consumers. Gilbert added, we should be able to own the things we buy, not just license them. Well, that's like a huge political debate right now with, uh, what is it, John Deere? Mm-hmm. How they're saying now you can't work on your own tractors or something like that? Yeah. Why is that? So it's kind of uh, because they own the intellectual property of the stuff inside the tractor. You have to get it serviced by a John Deere specialist, mm-hmm. and they will actually lock out the engine. It's like tamper proof. Crazy. And most farmers are the kind of guys who like to fix their own shit. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's sort of a big big deal right now. The like you said, the ability to own the things you buy. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Uh kind of reminds me of when Sony sued that kid for jailbreaking their PlayStation. Really? <laughs> yeah. So some some kid figured out how to jailbreak a PlayStation and they sued him for it because he posted it online and then um a bunch of people figured out how to jailbreak their PlayStation and it took them a while to upgrade the PlayStation. So you couldn't jailbreak it in that way anymore. And, uh, then people could, you know, sideload games and stuff and, you know, pirated games. So I don't know. It's just weird. I feel like, like Microsoft had the same thing happen with their Xboxes where somebody jailbroke them and then made it so other people could sideload games that were pirated and everything. And Microsoft was like, no, this is awesome. Keep jailbreaking. See what you can do with those connects. And then like people started making really awesome like stuff with the connect video camera sensors, like yeah. 3d depth map mapping and stuff I like remember. that. It's like what all the engineering students did back in college. Yeah. So then like a ton of people bought Xboxes to like play around with them and figure stuff out and, you know, innovate on them and create like a whole bunch of like cool stuff for the Xbox based on, you know, what they had learned from these jailbreaks and stuff. And Sony on the other hand was like, screw all, of you (laughs) we hate you get the f out you know i went to college with the guy who jailbroke the iphone the very first iphone the very first iphone wow Mm -hmm. he went to rit for the first semester until he jailbroke it uh he he was sort of a job you wanted anywhere exactly he was sort of a legend he jailbroke the iphone the summer before college, uh, he lived, he was one floor below me in our dorms. And then he jailbroke the student IDs so that he could get unlimited like food bucks on his college ID. And then he got expelled. Wow. Yeah. Next Steve Jobs right there. <laughs> because he, he, well, cause we had to use our student IDs to do our laundry Mm-hmm. And then whatever he did in order to jailbreak his uh, student ID um, made it so that he couldn't none do of his us laundry to, anymore. No, they couldn't. They could no longer charge our cards for laundry. <laughs> and so my freshman year, everyone went got free laundry. Free it like laundry, an, it like anarchy. 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 I watched my dogs and my colors separately. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this kid was on a path to getting kicked out of RIT, right? Yeah, I think uh, last I heard, he was actually developing uh, a self-driving vehicle on his own through, oh, cool. I want to say, Nissan or one of the major car people. Oh, so you just set set me up to lie to me there. Developing mm-hmm. it on his own through developing, one of the major no, no, car companies. De- developing it on his own, but using an existing car, but oh. modding it and jailbreaking it, so to speak, himself. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's like the first guy who can really develop that's going to be just stupid wealthy. But doesn't Google already have that? There was a blind dude driving around in Reno. Really? Legally blind dude in a, one of Google's self-driving cars. They made a whole ad about it, about how it gave him freedom. He could finally like go places on his own. He didn't have to depend on other people. All right. I think we beat the Photoshop talk into the ground there. Dustin, this comes straight from the picture picturecorrect.com website. What is the biggest mistake a photographer could make? Um, are we talking weddings here? Just any photographer ever. Probably shooting Canon. It's probably a big one. You're worthless. You're so worthless. <sighs> I mean, we give a lot of great advice on this podcast, so I would say um, biggest mistake any photographer could make is not doing exactly letter for letter what we recommend in any given moment on this podcast. I agree this website (laughs) that's not what they said (laughs) what did they say steven they said the biggest mistake a photographer could make is separating yourself from your subject Mm. Mm. i don't do that Mm. so i hear a lot of people talking about now that they're shooting with mirrorless cameras uh specifically mirrorless cameras with like the flip up screens they find it's better for connecting with their subject because they no longer have to hold the camera up in front of their eye when they're shooting. So they can hold the camera down at like chest height and shoot while looking the subject in the eye. Yes. Go on. So that they don't break that connection because they don't want to break that connection. Doesn't, what do you feel about that? I am not sold on mirrorless. Wait, what? Hmm? Wait, what? Are you talking about mirrorless cameras? Mm, yeah, yeah. But specifically about the ability to hold something down at like your chest or waist level and shoot. That seems silly to me. It seems silly to me too, especially for short people to do because like you're already (laughs) shooting from like below the chin level of the person and now you're going to put the camera even lower. That might work when you're working with a model who takes their personal fitness extremely seriously and doesn't have an ounce of fat on their body. But when you're working with like normal people in the real world who don't spend all their time working out and taking care of their bodies and making sure their body is, you know, as physically fit as it can be. You don't want to shoot from, you know, that low because it makes them look bigger. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. So I, I don't get this. Um, I would agree with what the guy said on picturecorrect.com because he's not really talking about mirrorless. That's just a random tangent I wanted to go on because I'm so pissed off about all these people talking about shooting from like their waist or their chest and how it it lets them keep eye contact with their models. And it's like, then your models don't have like contact with the lens, like if that's what you want. Now they're always looking above the lens at your eyes. So you've broken that intimacy that your photo might have so that you can maintain that intimacy on the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all about getting intimate with my clients on the day. I know. Doesn't tell me what are your three most intimate moments you've ever had with a client? Go. Um. Well, they all involve weddings that you shot with me. Mm. Because Wait, you're, it, most intimate. Because you're there. Most intimate with a client or with a second shooter. Uh, I consider my second shooters clients. So, the New York Times is trying to tell us how to do our job. Stephen, give us a hot take on this one. I like that the New York Times, they, they reported on, uh, so this, this specific thing we're talking about is um, the New York Times said weddings, how to capture the perfect first look in their fashion wedding section. And I like that the New York Times, in this article and... Uh, There have been a few other articles recently where they talk about wedding photography, which kind of means wedding photography is getting to 
it's, it's probably probably it's pinnacle <laughs> we're, we're at the very top it's right peaking. now it's we're peaking. peaking it's about to go down um but yeah it's it's we're it's getting to a point where wedding photography is more important to the general population when like a publication like the new york times the uh you know paper of record is talking about wedding photography and how people can do wedding photography better uh, so I think that bodes well for the industry as a whole, but at the same time, I don't like that the New York Times is in their fashion weddings section trying to tell photographers how to do their damn jobs. The New York mm-hmm. Times doesn't mm-hmm. know how a wedding photographer should do their job, and if you read the article, it's like, I don't know, it's just it's like a weird amalgamash of like people that they interviewed about this, and it just it doesn't feel like they are really in tune with wedding photographers, which I'm sure most anybody who the New York times reports on would have the uh, same opinion about the way their industry was covered. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the article. That was great. Yeah, of course you did. Uh, Yeah, of course I did. Uh, Because we live in a conservative Midwest environment, Stephen, where first looks are still taboo. (laughs) For some couples. Taboo? Tab- taboo. Uh, excuse you. And... Taboo? Achoo! To you. Um, so yeah, it's sometimes a bit of an uphill battle for us Midwesterners uh, when trying to... I don't want to say talk a couple into a first look because that's not something I would ever do, but uh, definitely persuade them based on their timeline if I think that that would be an optimal solution. And when I ask them if they've considered it or given it any thought, they tell me, well, that would just be wrong. That would just be dirty. And I would say, so dirty. Yeah. Say, you want to have a you dirty a wedding? Sex addict? <laughs> like, what are you going to see your future wife or husband and just attack them? I mean, come it on. What the hell? How did you get to there? How did you get to there? Uh, is that not what a first look is where you live? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so, in the article, we're going to go back mm-hmm. to the article and get away from what you were just doing. <laughs> The first thing they say is to carve out ample time. You should set aside 15 to 20 minutes to get the photo of the first look. Mm -hmm. Singular. One Mm -hmm. photo. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Perfect. Perfect. It takes 15 to 20 minutes to get that first look. Yeah. I mean, I'm always a strong believer to uh, build in more time than needed. Sometimes first looks go as planned. And sometimes, uh, like my wedding this past weekend, where I felt like at every given moment, both the bride and the groom were going to derail my first look. And I had to stop myself and say, why the fuck am I trying so wait, hard? Wait, what do you mean they're going to derail your first look? Uh, so I realized I didn't do a good enough job explaining to the couple po- uh, pre-wedding what a first look was. Um it's my so first wedding of the they year. They showed up, I just kind both of completely naked and ready to have sex, just like you were saying no. earlier. No, um, but in every given situation, um, they kept trying to see each other. So, like the this was at a venue where the ceremony and reception could be at the same place. They get ready there, etc. Um, so the bride's all getting ready. She's in her like sportswear attire, leisure wear, whatever you want to call it. Uh, pre getting into wedding dress and the groom like walks in and the door to the bridal suite is open and she's like oh let me go see him i'm like no 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 like you can't do that like gotta wait till the first look she's like "Ah, okay and so then like i hide him away and then she gets into her dress she gets all ready and then she's um about to come out for the first look And then I go get him so I can position him where I want him in this beautiful field full of field That's that's one of the things the New York Times says is you got to find the right setting. And I'm getting him. I pull him downstairs from his little man cave that they have at this place. And he's about to like walk into the bridal suite. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, man. He's like, I thought you said it's the first look. I'm like, you're not going to do the first look in the freaking 
hotel room thing. Like, you got to come out here with me to the field. And I'm just realizing as I'm saying these things out loud to him, I'm like, these aren't things that would be common thought to people who yeah, have never you're building been up a dramatic a look a dramatic first look like you would see in a movie or something where the groom's maybe walking away and the bride chases him down in an open field and you get yeah. a great wide shot of the bride running across the field to him and saying i know i slept with the best man but i love you and then he turns you, around and he you. sees her in the dress and he says but I don't love you. And then he walks away. Damn, I'd watch that movie. Damn. Is this, is this a wedding you've been to? No, this, this is a script I'm apparently writing right now. <laughs> mm. Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, so that was my Saturday. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I guess as photographers and as hopeless romantics, when we set up a first look, we, we always hope for like this gushy, you know, soppy moment. And sometimes we get that. And then other times we get it where they just kind of see each other and like, Hey, ready to do this thing. And it's like very anticlimactic. Mm. That was my Saturday. That's your whole life. Anticlimactic. Until I met you, Steven. And the climactic got climactic. You just started climaxing all the time. Okay, we got it. Jeez, cool your Moving jets. Moving on. Cool your jets, bud. First So the next thing Steven they say is find the right setting. I, 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 I can't disagree with that. I think carve out ample amounts of time for the first look is like, that's not really something the photographer duh. has control over. Well, find the right setting is also duh in that situation. Um, and then the last thing they say is make it public, make it, make it public, make it private. Oh, it's private, just like, private. Okay. That's no, one way th- to do it. This is my favorite thing. It says, if the parents have their hearts set on being there, Ms. Jowett says she will try to accommodate their wishes strategically. How many times have you had the parents show up to a first look? Uh, I don't often get the parents, but I do always have the bridesmaids clamoring to be a part of the first look. And I always have to Where them groomsmen at? Where them groomsmen at? You know what I'm saying? They could care less. They're like, uh, can we stay here drinking as long as possible? There must a f- be an Indiana thing. There's a football game on. <laughs> yeah. I'd be buried in my phone over here. Let me know when I'm needed. If only there were six flat screens on this wall. <laughs> Precisely. So I didn't have to have my phone out. I'm burning through all my data for the month. I hope this venue has Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi? Wow. Wow. Yeah, back I'm to sorry. that. I get. I. I Boo, get chicka, wee, wee. <laughs> Dustin, let's do some Q and A. I would. I thought you would never ask. Let's do some Q and A. But, but Steve. Alex Bruce from our very own Facebook group says, Hi, everyone. I'd love to get feedback from any of you that have made the switch to Sony, Dustin. I shot with Michael recently, and he brought a newly acquired A9 with him. Damn. 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 It looked awesome. Real long damn there. Jeez, Alex. So I started doing a little research, and I'm now looking at maybe the A9, but more likely the A7 III or the A7R III. The primary difference seems to be the A7R3's gigantic sensor. You know you want that gigantic sensor, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, people will tell you a little sensor works just fine, but <laughs> we all know that's not the case. But really, I don't think I need that much resolution. That's what she said. The A7III's MP count is close to what the 5D Mark III has, which is what I'm shooting on now. Anyhow, what do you guys think? First of all, Alex, you're making the right choice. Getting out of that cannon boat. That's all you want to say? Um, doesn't, I thought you said earlier you're not sold on mirrorless. Tell us more about how you're not sold on mirrorless. I'd like to hear this. Uh, So, Alex, I like to invest heavily in Sony mirrorless cameras, but then not actually use them. Similar to Steven with drones. However, I do use them for video, 
I haven't quite yet brought myself to go all in on the photo aspect of mirrorless. I have both the A7S II and the A7R III, but I purchased both of these before the A7 III. Now, having shot with the A7 III and having second shooters who have shot with the A7 III, I would say that is the perfect camera. And that is the camera I will most likely buy when I have money again someday. When you have money again someday after you pay off this ridiculous house you built? Uh, more like I pay the taxes on the items I've already bought. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not one thing, it's another. Indiana. Indiana. Sorry. Uh, as somebody who's only used the A7 III, the A7R three, the A9. You have an A9, right? No, I no? feel like the A9 Damn. is a waste of money. Really? Why? Uh, it's just, at least for weddings, it's not necessary. If you're going to shoot live action sports and you really need, you know, something crazy, um, as far as shutter speed, or not shutter speed, whatever the name of the, th when you can sh really shoot a lot of pictures continuously. I just don't think that's necessary for what we do. Uh, and Sony, unlike other camera manufacturers, releases firmware updates frequently. And a lot of times those firmware updates make the cameras, lower end cameras do some of the amazing things these higher end cameras do. Uh, so, so sometimes you're out there looking for like a high end camera, but all you can afford is like a low end camera. So you just mm -hmm. kind of like go for that low end one and hope that they can exceed your expectations. Is that what you're getting yeah. at? Yeah. Like your dating life. Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. Sometimes you want to take your date to a five-star restaurant, but all you can afford is a Taco Bell. So you go and to you the Taco Bell and you just kind of dress update. it up ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> they just recently undergone a remodel. So <laughs> it's much nicer than a standard Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. You know it is. <laughs> that menu, although the same items, they're on a flat screen TV now. But you can never really buy in a hope and a dream because, you know, there's no guarantee it'll be there for you. So to answer your question, Alex, Bruce. You need an A9 to tuck you in at night, Alex Bruce. Cousin of Bruce Banner. Uh, just go ahead and buy two A7-3s. I'm sorry, is his name Alex Banner or is his name Alex Bruce? Uh, Alex Bruce. Cousin of Bruce Banner. Is, is Bruce Banner's real name Banner Bruce? <laughs> Yeah, obviously, but he had to switch it for anonymity. Anonymity? Anonymity. <laughs> okay? Steven, get with the program here. Yeah, I mean, you know, the I Hulk just is a everyone resolution that. human, so... He's backing all the weight of an A9 there in his Hulk body, but, you know, when he's Banner Bruce, he's only got that A7. Three exactly. Resolution. And, uh, you know... When you really think about it, is Professor Hulk better than Bruce Banner Bruce, or is Banner Bruce better than Professor Hulk? We don't really know. I just know he gets all those selfies. Mm-hmm. And he gets mm -hmm. naked in front of Thor and Thor Ragnarok. I think that's probably my favorite scene in Infinity Naked Hulk in, is? No, in the new Avengers. No, no, no. You, you wanted to see that Naked Hulk D. <laughs> You were like, no. how could they cut? I didn't even get to see the D, the big green D. In the new Avengers, when they're at that diner and all those kids come up to take selfies with Hulk. Oh, no, spoilers, 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 spoilers. Okay, we're done. Spoilers. I think we're officially allowed out to spoil his penis now, right? And yeah. he puts it on the table. And, and Dustin's like, oh, great, because in picture. Thor Ragnarok, I had to just imagine what that big green D looked like. Now I can finally see the big green D. Exactly. Spoiler alert, it's not green. What? Sky Simone from our... Oh, did we answer Alex's question? Uh, Alex, uh, the Sony, Sony cameras Alex, are great. You'll be super happy. Its uh, color is going to be a lot different than what you're used to with Canon. Mm -hmm. Um but it is... It's, it's color is not going to be as good. It's it's going to be bad color. Bad but color. But if you set up some presets in Lightroom to correct those colors out the gate, you'll be fine. Yeah, you got a lot of work to do to get the colors With right. One, one click in Lightroom. A lot of work to get to the one click. 
outsourced to Bespoke Tone, and you don't have to worry about that shit. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Sky Simone from our very own Facebook group said, asks, does anyone have any tips on getting Facebook likes? I've been stuck on 4,700 the last 12 months and can't seem to push 5,000. Hmm. I don't even know how many Facebook likes I have. Sky, I have got some bad news for you. Facebook is irrelevant. Except for our Facebook group. That's incredibly relevant. Our Facebook group's incredibly relevant. Facebook pages are incredibly irrelevant. Whether you have 4,700 likes or 5,000 likes doesn't matter anymore. Just give up. Just just (laughs) quit. Just quit now. You can work your whole life to get up to 5,000 Facebook likes. And what is that going to get you? I'll tell you what it's going to get you. A lower percentage of people who like your page will see the things you post. However, I will say Facebook is, not that this answers your question or helps you in any way, shape, or form, uh, Facebook did announce this week they will be rolling out in the coming months a new updated version of Facebook uh, that will be completely revamped and reimagined, as they said, uh, to have a stronger focus on communities and groups and be less driven towards businesses and organizations is this right after they went to the facebook app on iphones and said you know how we added a tab at the bottom dedicated to groups that's gone now the groups the groups tab is gone there's no longer yeah they just deleted it like a week or two ago whenever facebook updated for me last Hmm. and they made such a big deal about adding it because they wanted to put a focus on groups and now it's gone well it sounded like they might be creating a secondary app just for, like, I think they're trying to get into this where you have multiple apps for multiple purposes Mm -hmm. and the group and community element of Facebook has kind of outgrown the current platform. And so they're kind of creating, well, it's the only way to get people to actually see what you're posting. Like we post something to our Facebook group and more people will see that in a group with only like 250-ish people, I think, uh, then we'll see like if Jen or and I post something to our Facebook page, which you has and have Facebook over 10,000, or over 10 times the amount, not over 10,000, over 10 times the amount of uh, people like Jen and I's Facebook page as like the Facebook group. So the Facebook pages, and it's it's all Facebook. Like they they nerfed your reach with your Facebook pages. And they are making it so Facebook groups reach more people. So, I mean, it's completely them and what they're doing. Don't don't focus on your Facebook page. The only reason you'd want it to go from 4,700 to 5,000 is just because 5,000 is a much nicer looking number. But it doesn't mean anything. Nobody cares about Facebook so, pages anymore. Sky, what Stephen is trying to st- trying to tell you, I think, it's is... It's all ending. It's all coming to an end. The world is ending. We're all going to die. <laughs> Go to Instagram right now, start an account, and work really hard at that until that's dead too, and everyone's back on Pinterest. Amen, brother. Amen. amen, Yeah, get back on Pinterest. I'm here to spread the good word. (laughs) Come buy our ebook, The Wedding Photo Hangover Pinterest Edition, where we teach you how to make wedding cocktails with fancy recipes on our Pinterest page. Fancy Pinterest cocktails. You know how it is. They're full of cocktails. <laughs> Dustin, we, you know what? We had something. Let me go and find this real quick. We had something posted to our page, which typically <gasps> doesn't happen. Posted to our page? Yeah. A page yeah. Like post? A, a listener posted something to our page. A guest post. A guest post? Mm-hmm. Say it's not so, Stephen. Mariah Levin. Maria Levin? Mm. You, would think, mm. you would think I'd trip on a last name. Usually not a first name, but I'm tripping. Sorry, Maria, Mariah, whichever you are. Um, post this to our Facebook page. It comes from somebody named Victoria's post. Hey, y'all. How can I fix a horrible makeup job? 
I knew it would be an issue, but the makeup artist the other day said she knew more than I did. So here mm-hmm. I am struggling to make this poor girl's face match her skin tone. She is patsy pale and the makeup artist did her makeup a good six to eight shades darker and more orange than her real skin tone. Help. Mm-hmm. Crying face emoji. I've actually had this happen. Mm-hmm. Shot a wedding uh, a couple years back, um, and the bride had a spray tan done, and then she went in for the makeup test, and they matched her makeup color, whatever, to the spray tan. The spray tan faded for her wedding day, and they went to put her spray or like her whatever the airbrush makeup on stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was significantly darker than the rest of her body. So then they had to continue it like down her neck and onto her chest. And they were like painting her essentially. And then it got all over the dress when she put the dress on. And now her dress is orange. And this was a, a summer wedding. So she started sweating when we were out. We had like a three hour time period in between the ceremony and reception for portraits. She's sweating and it's all. It's all like dripping down her face. That that's and, a bad makeup artist if they got her makeup that wasn't sweat proof. <laughs> Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, apparently. Or Indiana weatherproof. Let, let's um, put makeup all over this person's face. It will run and look terrible if she cries on her wedding day. Mm-hmm. I mean, sweat, tears, they're basically the same thing. So if she's sweating and it's running, I mean, it would have ran if she cried. Like, this this was a horrible mistake from the get-go for this makeup company. Yeah. Think about the hours I had to spend Photoshopping all these lines across her face. It was, it was definitely one of those moments where I was like, do you guys want to go out for sunset photos? And then I saw her face, and I was like, that's going to be too much Photoshop. I think we're good inside. You're like, <laughs> I got to do some silhouettes now. <laughs> let's just focus on the sky. Can I have your rings? Let's, uh, let's shoot those. So Maria did screen cap some of the photos that the this Victoria person shared in the original post. And, uh, and I'm sure these are in our show notes, right? I, uh, no, no, they're not. I'll, I'll include no. them. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll loop you in on this, buddy. But... The person's face is very orange compared to their body. It's um not it's not a great look. I'm pulling up the pictures. Cause I remember seeing them. Whoops, I was on our in our secret group. Yeah, and this is a public post. This isn't secret. So for people out there who listen who haven't joined the group and we know there's a lot of you, um, you guys can all <laughs> see this one too. <laughs> we'll include a link in the show notes. To our actual Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. We're only at 200 likes on the Facebook page. We're trying to get trying to, to get that 5,000. That juicy number 5,000. Uh, basically, we're racing Sky Simone there. So um, if you could help us get there before Sky gets there, that would be great. <laughs> Where's this at? I'm not seeing it. I literally just added a link to our notes. God. Click the link. It's right under Sky's question. All right. Found it. I mean... This is a picture of Spongebob. <laughs> Scroll down and you'll see the photos. It's I right above Spongebob. It. See it? Yeah. That's uh, really bad. Yeah, no. Victoria, what I would say is uh, don't worry about blending it. Just turn it black and white. Except it's so mm-hmm. bad, it'd probably show the skin tone difference in black and white, too. It looks as if they almost tried to put like contour makeup on her face. Yeah. I don't even know. I can't... No, that... I don't even know enough about makeup to know what the it hell. It looks they like did they wrong. did makeup to her face and they forgot to blend it with her neck. There's no there's no blending that went on here. Typically if you do like a strong look on the face like that, you would do some sort of blending so that it would blend better with the parts of her that are more pale. So there I wouldn't just, be like a visible line between I wanna one and know the other. what what pose or what um command the photographer gave to evoke the bottom right hand images um uh reaction what dustin's talking about because this is an audio podcast there are three photos of this model uh, laying down in the grass patreon and you get the video portion (laughs) nope 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 no jokes about that the patreon's serious now uh 
So there's three photos of uh, the model laying down in the grass with her eyes closed in the first one, in the second one with her eyes open and her mouth shut, and in the third one with her eyes shut and her mouth open, but not really in a smile. More but like the photo is maybe upside down yeah, too. more like maybe she died and her lips just kind of curled back and showed her teeth. She's got like a real Mister Ed look going. Like maybe somebody put peanut butter in her mouth so that you know her her lips would move as she's trying to suck the peanut butter out, um, and you know then her teeth showed. Maybe they did her makeup with peanut butter too. I think these uh, the way they did her eye makeup. Maybe that's supposed to look like eyes. Oh, I I see where you're going with this. Maybe there wasn't even a model. Maybe this is just makeup that somebody put on grass. <laughs> There's no model here at all. This is all just makeup. It's amazing. It's just art. It's just art, Stephen. Uh, so if we could be a little bit serious, though, for Victoria's sake could here, um, you can just select your oranges and desaturate them. Just get them, get them real desaturated until the whole face or, is gray. Or just saturate your oranges. Ooh, yeah. I like where Accentuate this is going. Accentuate this. Yeah, you know, Thank this you. is different. This is unique. You want to play up that bold, fierce look, you know? And then recommend this makeup artist to all of your competition's friends and family. <laughs> recommend this bold, fierce look. Say, you know, contact all of the photographers that rank higher than you on Google and say, hey, I don't know if you have a makeup artist in your back pocket, but I happen to have one that just might be a really good fit for you and your business. But to get this to really work, you also have to contact the makeup artist and just say, this is amazing work. The only thing I feel like is maybe not bold enough on the face. Maybe we need to go a little bit bolder. I think your clients and other photographers in mag- ma- nas- international magazines international magazines. and international blogs would really, really appreciate a much bolder look. And I think that's possibly the only thing holding you back from transitioning to the next level in your makeup artistry business my only question for you is have you seen mike tyson's face tattoo (laughs) a lot of brides are asking me for that now imagine that on brides (laughs) am i right and a lot of brides a lot of brides won't tell you they want to be surprised with a face facial tattoo makeup job but they really want it in fact, I would say it's something like 99.9%. So I would say every time you don't do that to a bride, you're actually not serving them the way they want to be served. And you're missing out on getting more recommendations from them and more future clients because you haven't gone the extra step and anticipated their need, which I am now telling you about. And I really feel that I have the pulse on the local wedding market here both locally and nationally, for that matter. Um, And internationally. I would definitely start by even taking it even a step further. And maybe the next bride you work on that's not my client, because I don't want to take the credit for this one, is maybe a little mustache, you know, right under the nose with makeup. Nothing wrong with a little mustache, doesn't I don't see why you would think that's funny. I don't think it's funny. I think it's artistic, Mm -hmm. beautiful. And, are we are uh, we talking about like a little pencil mustache? Are we talking like a little uh, just a Hitler stash? Um, a little hit, a little hit stash. Mm, a little, little hit, a Nazi little stash. Uh, the mm-hmm. Adolf. Mm. The Adolf. Ooh, there you go. I like that. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the Nazi Photo Hangover Podcast with Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review that says Heil Hitler. If you want to connect, you can (laughs) find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at Wedpick Hangover. Dustin, my man is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben, and Stephen is at Stephen Van Elk. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, join the Mm -hmm. Wedding Hangover Facebook group. But 
If you want to get more content, if you can't get enough content, if you you want to laugh, if you want to learn, if you want to learn and laugh, if you want to laugh so hard you learn and learn so hard you laugh, we're going to learn you real good if you jump on over to Steve and Dustin, savetheworld.com. That will take you to our Patreon site where you can sign up to support us for as little as... $5 a month if you want all that good, good bonus content. We are answering questions from random people on the internets there. We're posting outtakes from our guest interviews there, and all that is available to people at the $5 a month level. If you want to ramp it up, if you want to get rid of the obnoxious and annoying ads that one of us has been doing on this podcast recently because they think they're so damn funny, uh, for $7.50, you can get an ad-free feed. This ad-free feed has every single episode we've ever put out. We didn't just suddenly say, no, we will only put the new episodes up as ad-free. No, we went back through our entire catalog and uploaded all of the episodes ad-free just for you. Maybe I should listen to them. (laughs) Dustin's going to sign up for the ad-free Patreon today. (laughs) I just can't get past the ads. I just can't get past the ads. Those damn ads. There's a reason I pay for Hulu without ads and Netflix without ads. Hulu without ads, but you'll still get some. (laughs) Such a piece of shit. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right next Sunday after you shoot another Another wedding. wedding. Dun, dun, dun. Dustin, thank dun, you for dun, podcasting dun. with me tonight. I am home alone with just the kids. So I'm not alone at all. Jen's in New York. <laughs> so you're not alone then. I'm so I'm so damn tired, Dustin. I'm so damn I'm tired. These too. kids have so much energy. How do I survive? By talking to me every night <laughs> of this week. That is not gonna keep me alive. Wow. Oh. That little little light at the end of every day, you're like and if I just have to make it through to podcasting with Dustin tonight and tomorrow night and the night after as he drinks a long drink from his beer. That Dorian sounds mm. doing me good. Doing me good. It's got that perfect mm. blend of caffeine and beer. I think I've talked about this before. When does when does Jenny V get back to Indy? Tomorrow night. While we're podcasting with Sarah and Carrie and Megan from the I Don't Give an F Stop podcast. I don't give an F. We should make them a jingle. Which that'll be like two weeks old by the time this comes out. I don't give an F. Stop podcast. Record that and send it straight to them. I don't give an F. Stop podcast. We gotta go. I'm I'm too tired to keep going. Have a great night, Dustin. You can make it. You can make it. Steve, you can do it. Bye. Don't leave me here all alone, Steve. There's no doors here. There's no windows. All alone. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee!